Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. War with Israel. After at such and such a place, the man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man, you can bring that up if you like, it was by the man of God, Elisha. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, My lord the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. That's a scary thought, isn't it? He knows what's going on everywhere. God's revealing all this stuff to him. He says, this is raised him. He said, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God, Elisha had a servant with him, got up and went out early the next morning, the army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And he looked and he said, Oh no, my Lord, to Elisha, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I just want to tell someone this morning that what your circumstances look like, if you are with God, you are in the majority. And this servant's thinking more with us, and he apparently went to Muckabooden District High School and he started counting. He did mathematics then. He's like, Elisha, I've counted, I've done the math. There's two of us and we're surrounded. And Elisha said, he prayed, open his eyes, Lord so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As I pray for us this morning, what was on my heart to share this morning is Elisha had something that his servant needed and it is called vision. He had vision and he was able to impart that to his servant. I want to pray for us. Father, this morning, I want to pray for fresh vision in our lives, that we will be able to see the things that are not, that are not seen in the visible, but they're more real than what's going on in our life today. So, Father, I pray for fresh vision for 2024. Father, I pray for eyes to see. I pray over every person here today that they won't just have sight with their eyes, but a new heart vision. And everyone with faith said, amen, amen. Why don't you take a seat and turn to the person next to you and say, it's time to see. It's time to see. Fresh vision for a new year. Before we get into that word this morning, we're going to do a couple of special things because I love uh, highlighting what God is doing. And we're going to pray now. I'm going to ask all our Kids Hope mentors, Megan and the team, if Megan's here, our Kids Hope mentors to come down to the front. We're just going to pray over you and commission our Kids Hope mentors. Now, Kids Hope, if you don't know, is uh, what we're involved in at Wollaston Primary School, nearly a stone's throw that way. And at the primary school, uh, we send in through Kids Hope mentors from our church that mentor 
Come, oh, yeah, wherever you want. Come up the front, actually. It's more light up here. Come up the stage, on the stage. Get him up. Get him up the front. Now we're confusing everyone. And uh, yeah, so, so these are our mentors, and we're going to commission them and pray. They go into the school, and it's one hour uh, for a week, uh, sorry, one hour a week, and they spend it doing different things with the kids, whether it's what, what they want to do. Um, Megan, tell us some of the things you do with the kids. Well, I um, have a boy who just loves footy, so we spend quite a bit of time kicking the footy. Thankfully, it's been my left hip. Not so bad, but it's, I'm a right, right footer, so it's, I've been fine. Um, uh, some of them do craft activities, but we've mostly got boys, so craft's not big on the agenda, I don't think. Um, I've done cooking um, a couple of times, and we just play board games, Lego, yep. cars, that sort of stuff. And just building that relationship. Yeah, just, just hanging out with the kid and doing stuff that the kid wants to do, yeah. yeah. And, um, and these, the kids get selected and, and we work with the chaplain and the school and just invest into their lives. So thank you for what you do. Welcome Richard aboard to the team. So awesome that Richard's come on board. So thank you. And if you're interested um, in, in this year in finding out more, Megan is our coordinator. Please come and speak to Megan if you're interested in finding out more how you can be involved. There is a process to go through. And I think we're missing a couple or is this... Yeah, missing a couple here. But let's just, would you stretch your hands if you have faith just to believe and say, Lord, we just thank you for these mentors. We just pray over them today, Father, that as they go into a new year, you would give them fresh vision for the children that they are ministering to. Lord, as they have that ministry of presence, we pray that they would not only have the vision from you, Lord, to see what you are speaking into these children's lives, but also, Lord, eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to feel, Father, to be your presence in Wollaston Primary School. We pray for that school. We pray a blessing over all the teachers, all the staff, and over all the families that are connected there. And we just pray that you would strengthen these mentors each week as they go for another hour, Lord, that you would fill them with strength and fresh vision. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Get put together for our mentors. Another thing... Um, just to highlight, um, I'm going to ask Claire to come up and share a little testimony. I love testimonies. You love testimonies? That's a bit different this morning. I love testimonies. Um, you'll remember, and if you weren't here, you won't remember, um, but last year we took up a faith promise um, pledge, what we're believing for, to go into things like Kids Hope, into our youth mission, into youth care chaplaincy, um, into uh, Busy Bees, which has kicked off this week, which is to the community, the playgroup that meets on Wednesdays, into our mission areas, a pledge financially, and, uh, and we, we pledged as a church, amazingly, over $150,000 that we believe God would provide through us in the next 12 months uh, from, uh, to the end of this financial year, at the end of June. And so I love hearing stories about how God's providing. Claire, would you come and share your story about how God's been providing for Faith Promise? Cool. So on that Sunday when we were able to write on the little card um, what God had been laying on our hearts um, for a financial amount, my husband and I had not really talked to each other. Um, <laughs> we both prayed and I think secretly, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud but I'm going to, secretly I think the number that we came to was something that we thought if God doesn't move we can cover this anyway. Um, so on the Sunday morning I had this number in my head and um, I gave Rob the card and the pen and he in that moment went, that's not right and changed it. But he didn't tell me. Um, and he didn't tell me until a week later. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> he was having a conversation I think with people from our Connect group and he said, oh yeah, no, he told the story and I went, 
that's news to me, but I'll just, <laughs> I'll just pretend that I'm cool. And then I went looking for the card and I saw the amount and then I was like, oh, well, that's Rob's and God's problem. And so... <laughs> and so I've been waiting for God to step in and in the last fortnight I work for um, a government department and often they go through the books and realise that they haven't paid people enough and um, they send emails to everybody and you sit there and you hold your breath going, am I going to get some more money? And normally it's like $50 or $80. There was once when they put an extra like $800 for cost of living in our accounts and it went in with the pay and got sucked out with the tax straight away. So we ended up with nothing. But in this instance, I wasn't expecting anything and I looked at my the money that landed in my bank account and I was floored because there was way too much money for my usual pay in there. And I went, they've paid me somebody else's pay, like this is a problem. So I went and looked through my pay slip and what they'd done is they'd back paid me for quite a significant amount of time that I wasn't paid properly and it was the amount that we'd pledged. So there you go. God's problem, faith. Hey, how awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. That's so good. And Rob's starting a class on communication in marriage after the service. So, uh. <laughs> now nah, that is so good. Praise God. And uh, yeah, just, just to remind it, keep trusting God. Maybe you're uh, in your faith promise journey. Um, just remember, it is a faith promise. It's not a pressure promise. No one's following or policing. We just want to celebrate and highlight what God is doing and trust Him that He'll provide in ways you will not expect to be able to give. But we're looking forward to that and um, seeing what God is doing and celebrating. And so, so anyway, let me get into the Word this morning because I want to share with you. Uh, I love this quote that says, eyes that look are common, eyes that see are rare. Uh, there's a story of when well, uh, Disneyland was completely built and, uh, and was all done and they had the uh, news reporter there and um, he was reporting on it and he was talking to one of the chief people and talking about Disneyland and how wonderful it is. And he made this comment because Walt, Walt Disney had passed away and he said, oh, isn't it a shame that Walt didn't live to see this? And the guy straight away turned back and said, this is here because Walt saw it. And I love the scripture that, you know, we're going to look at this morning, but everything around us that we see always had its conception in a vision. Uh, on the inside of someone's heart and mind, everything, even when you got into a car, your car this morning, you got into someone else's vision about transport. When you drove through Muzbuzz or wherever to get a coffee, you drove through someone's vision to serve coffee on the run. See, vision is the pre-birthplace of everything we see. And so this morning, even this morning, we are sitting in a building that was a group of people who had a vision. And we're sitting in a vision. And we see this vision for souls, this vision for a community, this vision for church. Everything we see started in someone's mind. Helen Keller, the famous lady who was blind, she said this, the only thing worse than being born blind would be to be born with eyes, with sight, and have no vision. And over the next four weeks of February, I want to let you know that we're going to be sharing around this subject of vision because it's so important to our lives. It's so important to our church moving forward. It's so important to, to us as Christians to be people of vision. And I want to highlight some of our key vision areas as a church in the next few weeks you'll hear more about. And then we're going to lead into, which you'll hear more about this, our Vision Sunday at later in the month, and, and on that Sunday, how we're going to be looking at uh, informing you of everything church, where we're at as a church in all different areas, and the financial 
part of the church. And by the way, just God bless everyone who, who is giving and tithing. January is normally quite down. Um, it was the biggest giving month we've had in two years since I've been here. So praise God. And so praise God. I just want to celebrate that, how God is putting on your heart to, to invest here. And, and that's why this month's so important, because people don't give to need, they give to vision. And, and that's what we're giving toward. We're not just wanting to keep the lights on and keeping electric and keep, maybe have some staff. We want to see transformation in Kalamunda and beyond. And that's the vision. And so that's, that's what we're about here. And so um, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at that. Let me go to this scripture, Proverbs 29, 18, very well known in the King James Version. It says, where there is no vision, people perish. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say where there is no money where there is no resources, where there is no leaders, where there is no power, where there is no gathering. It says, no, what the thing that really stops people is a lack of having no vision. The poorest person in the world is not a person with no money. It's a person with no vision and hope for the future. That's what, that's what we need. And I love the other translation says this, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. What he's saying is without... God's revealed picture for the future, there is no discipline. People cast off restraint. If I was to have a balloon and I completely forgot to get my object lesson, and if I had a balloon and I was to blow it up right now and I was to just let it go, that's what it's talking about. People that don't have vision for their life are just no restraint. They go everywhere. They go anywhere. It's like no, no real clear direction. See, everyone ends up somewhere. Only few people end up somewhere on purpose. And uh, we want to be a church that is on purpose. See, when we have a vision from God, it will produce restraints and discipline in our lives. And in fact, when we have a vision from God, the discipline we have around that vision to fulfill it is not a duty, it becomes a delight. Like an athlete that is getting ready to train for victory, they know the temporary restraints they put on their diet, their sleep, their exercise, their associations are worth the discipline, not because they have to do it, because they are so focused on the vision that the distractions are just enemies, enemies to them. And so they're so focused, they, they have a clear picture. And so when God gives us a vision, and what is a vision? It's a mental picture of what could be, on the next slide, fueled by a conviction of what should be. That's what Andy Stanley said. It's a mental picture of what could be. This could be, this vision in my life, but it's fueled by a conviction. You know what? Not only should this, this thing I see in my future could be, it should be. I'm, convic I'm, I'm convicted that, that Kalamunda and beyond should be one for Jesus Christ. It's not just like, oh, it could be. It should be. We should, that, a, that a healthy church should be a place where people can come and connect and grow and find Jesus and grow in Jesus. It's not something that could be. It should be, man. It should be. I've got a conviction about that. And uh, so we, it drives you. It's a clear mental picture. The vision has the power to make you delightfully disciplined. Because you have seen in your hearts what could be and what could manifest in the future. I remember when I was just a little kid, you see, I've always lived with a type of sense of vision for my life. When I was just a little kid, we used to do something different for family movie nights. And my mum's here this morning, she'll remember. We used to, we, we had to, it took a lot to have a family movie night because we had a thing called the Super 8 Reels. Is that how you say it? The Super 8 Reels. And 
We used to love it because it went way back to when, before we were born, we could see what mum and dad looked like before we were around and on their honeymoon and all that sort of stuff. And, we're, and, and so we would, dad would set it up, the, the, the big projector thing, and he's getting out the reels, and we'd get excited because we go to the lounge room, we're going to watch. And so, on, and, and on that reel to this day, there's this one little video where me and my brother are standing together, and I think I'm in my little boat on my cardboard box in my boat on the lawn. I was about seven or eight, and my brother a year older. He had his cricket hat on and, and mum and dad said, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? And my brother said, I want to play cricket for Australia. And he nearly did, actually. He's a very, very good cricketer. And then I looked over to Brad. Brad, what do you want to do when you grow up? And, I, and my own words, I don't know, it was just in my heart. I said, I want to go around the world and tell people about Jesus and eat rabbits. <laughs> I don't know why I said and eat rabbits. And I have this like horror, this, this thing, this nightmare that comes back again again. That one day I'm in Africa at a tribe and they're like, you can preach the gospel, but first, eat the rabbit. <laughs> and I'm like, I know this was coming. But I've always had this sense of, that's, that's what, of this call, this vision for my life. So, so the fact that I'm doing what I do with my life now, it's not, not a surprise. It's, it's, there's been different things and ups and downs and this and that. But there's been something on the inside that I can see. That's what I want to do. That's what God's got for me. Have you got a vision for your life? And it may not be like that, that specific. But something about, you know, that's what I'm called to do with my life. You know, there's two greatest days in your life. I've said it every week. The day you were born and then the day you find out why. And every person in here, you have a why. You have a reason to be here. You have a reason to get up in the morning. And it's not just to eat, sleep and die. It is to make an impact for Jesus. And so living with vision, clear vision is what we need to move forward. And I've just got a few words on this acronym about vision to help us to what to do with a God-given vision. Number one, V. V stands for visualize. Visualize. Our sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. And so it's more important what you see with your eyes closed through faith than what you see around you. See, catch this. Vision is not restricted by circumstances. In fact, God-given vision will often contradict your circumstances. It will often be the opposite of what you see with your eyes, and that's why it takes a thing called faith. And the just shall live by faith. Circumstances may show your current reality, but vision is all about a God-given future, and our degree to see it in our heart before we see it with our eyes is us capturing vision. When Abraham was told by God, Abraham, you're, you're, you're Abraham, man. You're going to be the father of nations. And God said, you know what? For him to believe this, I've got to give him a clear mental picture. And the Bible says it took him out of his tent. And he said to Abraham, now look up and count the stars. And he's counting the stars and he loses count. He says, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham goes, I don't know, God. I've checked the equipment and it's getting pretty old. You know, you think we're going to have kids at this age? And he's like, look up. I don't want you to look at your circumstances. I want you to look at a vision that looks impossible. And that's what he's saying. I want you to have that picture. And sometimes God wants you to take you out. I would encourage you to spend time with God at the start over this next month. Over the four weeks of February, maybe take some time and go, God, show me the stars. God, show me the picture. Show me what I need to see for my life. Show me what this vision that's going to propel me into this year. We have to see it before we see it. See, we're always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. 
We're really moving in the direction of your strongest, most dominating thoughts are moving. And if we can renew our mind to God's word and move in the direction of the vision that he has for our life, that's where we will go. The second word is internalize. Vision, visualize, internalize. The word internalize means to make the vision personal. Personalize it to you. See yourself doing and being what God says you are, what God's called you to. See yourself doing it. See yourself uh, acting it out. The Bible, someone actually encouraged me years ago, put the, your name in the Bible where you see the promises. It, when it says the promises to, to people in the Bible, put Brad there. I'll never leave or forsake Brad. Brad doesn't have a spirit of fear. Brad has a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Man, I remember we're going through my anxiety attack over the years and years ago and going through a burnout. Man, I had to hold on to that and I had to see myself at peace. I had to see, while I'm having, you know, anxiety attacks and panic attacks and struggling to even function properly, normally, and I would just start to see myself. This is not me. I don't want to settle for this. This is not what God, this is, Jesus didn't go all the way to the cross so I can be anxious. And I just got angry about it. <laughs> and I start to see myself, as the scripture says, he will keep in perfect peace he whose mind is stayed on him. Lord, I'm putting my mind on you. I'm getting a vision of Brad in perfect peace. I'm not living like this forever. It may be hard today. It may be hard tomorrow. But there is a day coming that this vision will materialize because it's God's promise to my life. See, visions from God are different to things that we can do. I can't do that. See, if you've got something in your life that you can do, it's called a project. But if you've got something from God that you know you cannot do, it is a vision. Unless God gets into this and does stuff, then we cannot do it. I tell you, the things that we see for the future of this church, no man can do. The things that we see for the future of Kalamunda, unless God be in it, it is doomed to fail. But praise God, He is in it. Amen. Praise God, He is the sustainer and He will take us through. You've got to internalize it. Uh, I went to boarding school and went and did a, a, a cricket scholarship. And uh, part of the cricket scholarship was a thing called winter school. How cool is that? And when I went to school, we got to play cricket. It was like, like three or four subjects. And in winter school, they teach you a thing called... Um, mental techniques and so we would literally sit down this will sound weird but hear me out we'd sit down and they'll teach you how to visualize and internalize watching yourself hit a cover drive they even would videotape us and you would go back and watch the video of yourself playing shots but then you were to visualize that watching you hitting the ball and it going all the way to the fence for four. And they'd say, you have to see it hitting the fence. You have to hear the sound. You have to internalize it. You have to get that so in you so it's so natural. And it sounds pretty new agey, doesn't it? But the Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a person thinks in their heart, so you are. It is so powerful that we are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so it is actually, I believe, not a new age thing, it's a Bible age thing. I believe we are meant to have the, use our imagination for the glory of God. See yourself healed. See yourself whole. See yourself free of that addiction. See yourself on fire for Jesus. See your relationship thriving. See your kids flourishing. See that victory in your life before you see it. So you internalize the vision and say, this is personal. I'm owning it for as I think in my heart, so am I. Amen. S, the letter S. Visualize, internalize, and strategize. You know, vision can often be paralyzed by a thing called failure to launch. It's one thing to, 
Yeah, it sounds good, Brad. Yeah, I can do all the mental gymnastics, what you're saying, trust God, pray, speak the scripture. But there comes a time where we actually have to do something and make a plan. The famous saying, failing to plan is planning to fail. That it is actually powerful to plan. This is what it, uh, it says in Habakkuk 2, 2. The Lord answered me and said to me, write the vision, write it down and make it plain on tablets. This was back when they had tablets. Anyway, that um, on tablets, and we've still got them today, and that they may run, that, sorry, that he may run who reads it. I like this part here, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, so though it's taking time, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Catch that. It, the vision will come. Now, what he's saying is you've got to write it down. When you write something down, you're getting serious. Write it down and write it big and bold so, that the, so the runner may see it, so that it's got your attention. But then it says something interesting. When you start moving towards your vision, when you write it down, your vision starts moving towards you. A few years ago, I did some ministry coaching before coming to Kalamunda, and in that coaching was part of a life planning. And what this coach got me to do was to write down some things I see for the future. And, and one of them at the time just seemed stupid, but he's like, and this might not sound like a, might sound not like a big deal to you, but it was to me at the time. I was like, he said, you know, what do you see in your sort of hobby life and things like this? And I said, oh, I see a farm and I see sheep and I see I've got my own mob of sheep and, and it's called the school fee sheep mob and it's going to pay the wool and the lambs and I've got this. And he's like, yeah, write it down, write it all down. And I was like, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and if you, those who know me now know that we, we've got a little mob of 40-odd sheep and lambs. And to me, it's not so much about what actually happened and having them. And actually, they're a pain in the backside most of the time because it's hard, it's hard work and they get out and you've got to get them back in and so uh, anyway pray for me but uh, what I'm saying is but it was just I just couldn't believe it within writing it down and 18 months later it just it happened and why because something happens when you put it on paper something happens when you start to see it internalize it and strategize how am I going to do this and so for example if you've ever built a house it starts um, by putting, not by putting bricks together, it doesn't start by concrete. The house starts when it's in someone's mind first. And it gets out of their mind and it moves to paper plans. And even though all people see is a vacant sandy block, all they see is vacancy, that doesn't define the future. The plans are going to help bring to fruition in tangible ways what the paper says. So some people don't worry about what they think. They're looking at your life and saying, it looks like a vacant block. It looks like it's dry and dusty. But you've got to say, you know, not this year. I'm getting a vision from God in my heart this year. I'm getting something birthed on the inside of me that this is going to be a year like no other. And I'm going to go through some ups and downs. But this vision from God is going to pull me towards it. And then it'll start coming towards you. Though it tarries, don't give up. Have patience. And it, you'll have a vision collision at, one st at some stage in your life. Now, just a side note, I just thought of that. When we have a vision and we reach the vision, that's not the vision. Because <laughs> some people will have a vision and they will go, you know what, I've got a vision and I'm, I'm not going to cast off restraint. I'm going to have this vision to lose weight. I'm going to lose so much weight. So they put all these restrictions on because they've got a vision and they restrain themselves. So they put all the restrictions and they're disciplined and they go and they reach their vision and they forget to revision. 
Because what, what do I do now? And then often we go, well, the vision's gone. We've got to always keep revisioning and seeking God what's next. The vision is not for the vision to lose weight. The vision is to be healthy, temple of the Holy Spirit, so that I can be healthy and live long in the land that God has called me, that I can be effective for Him, that I can have energy and play with my kids and my grandkids. And there's The vision is not just about reaching that. The vision is for the glory of God. Amen? Does that make sense? So the builder, we are the builders, and the builder's job is to see what is on the paper, discover it, and then live accordingly to the, what's on the paper. So what I've got good news for you, you don't need to develop a vision. You need to discover your vision. It's already there. So much is in here, but God wants to give you personal vision. And, and it's, not devel- it's discovering it when God gives it to you. That's what I was born for. And there's lots of little visions. You know, got to, we should have vision for our relationships, vision for our marriage, vision for our kids and different things like that. And, I, and that's why when I speak this morning, I just want the Holy Spirit to drop it into your heart however He will. But we do have to strategize. We do have to make a plan. We do have to put some, get serious with something. That's why uh, taking action is so important, which goes to the next word, which is initiate. It means to take a step of faith towards your vision. Actually initiate and do something. I love the text of the woman with the issue of blood, had been bleeding, had issues with her blood for 12 years, had been to all the doctors, had been everywhere, could not find healing, could not get well. And she hears Jesus is coming to town. And I just love how everything in the day, in the culture, would hold her back from even getting to Jesus, even getting to a rabbi. Everything would say, no, you cannot do that. And it's so interesting in the Bible, she had a vision, and how I'll tell you how I know this, that she... She could see herself healed because the Bible says in one of the, one of the Gospels, it says she was a, she's like me. She talked to herself. She was a talker. And it says she said to herself, if I can touch his garment, I will be healed. She had a mental picture there and said, if I can touch his garment. But she knew that it had to move from a, a, from a, a visualization and she, then she internalized that this is me, this is my healing. And she had a strategy. I've just got to touch his garment. And she had, she had to think, man, I've got to get through that crowd. I've got to make some plans. How am I going to get there? And she just went all, and then she initiated and she went through and she had a vision collision with her healing as, it, as she touched his garment and she was instantly healed. But she saw herself healed before she was healed. And she saw it in her heart. Vision from God needs God because when a vision from God comes to pass, guess, guess who gets all the glory? It's all God. It's all God. And in Kalamunda, we're passionate about that. That is only about Jesus and Him alone. That is the number one name here at Kalamunda, um, that it is all about His glory. But we do need to do something. I remember in 2005, I'd finished a year of Bible college online while I was sheep shearing. And I, this really touched my heart because I'd forgotten about this. And uh, I was at a wedding. And this wedding was at a church called Kalamunda Church of Christ in 2005 and I was at the wedding and I'd finished Bible college and I had this desire for ministry, this burden for ministry and the church at Maka were advertising for a youth role. And the, th- the, th- <laughs> the thing that cracks me up was that I'd done, no one thought about me and that's okay because it wasn't that long ago I'd been banned from the pub for a month. I wasn't exactly your, <laughs> your glowing example of he would apply for this, you know what I mean? I'd, there'd been a bit of history there. And so, uh, but, but I had a vision nonetheless, and I had a vision, maybe it could be me. 
And, you know, I would never be where I am today if it wasn't standing in that foyer going up to the senior pastor at the time and saying, hey, I'm thinking me for the role, youth pastor. And you should have seen the look on his face when he looked back. <laughs> I said, I'm actually thinking uh, I'd, I'd like to do that. And I'd no jo- I remember him saying, really, you would? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I've been studying. I've been doing Bible college. I, da, 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 and the rest is history. But it took a step. And sometimes you've got to take a step. You've got to initiate and say, I'm going to do I've got this vision. I don't care what people are saying. I don't care what my doubts are saying. I'm stepping in the direction. Take action. Amen. We don't want to be the kind of people that just talk about it all the time and whinge about the same problems and whinge about the same things and complain about the same stuff. Do something about it. Make a change. And let's take action. That's needed. And the O stands for not just initiate, but overcome obstacles. Every vision will be met with opposition to vision. No vision worth seeing come to pass will come without a fight. And how much more in churches where people are, and where people are, myself included, problems are. And so we've got a room full of problems this morning. Hey, man, hey, welcome to the problem room. Maybe that's a good church name. Come to the problem room, church. Not really. That's not going to be a church name. I've got some other good ideas for church names, but anyway, not that one. Um, but we need to overcome obstacles because there will always be opposition. You think about it. Uh, when Nehemiah went to build that wall, he had opposition all the way through. We did the series on Nehemiah last year. When David would step into his destiny, he had a Goliath standing in his way. When Elijah wanted to, his, wanted to, to, to follow God's will there in that text, what did they have? They were surrounded by the enemy. The enemy was coming to a man that had vision because the enemy would do anything to stop a man, a woman of God with vision in their life. And he just hated, the enemy hated Elisha, why? And the devil hates you, why? If you hear from God and you have that, that clear line that Elisha had, which we have now, Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice, they will know me and follow me. We have direct access, we don't go through some pope or some religion or something, we have a relationship with Jesus. And whether you're here for the first time or been here for a hundred years, you have that relationship with Jesus, it's not, you're, no more, you know, you're no more connected than the next person. Just connect to him. But Elisha was tuned in, tuned in, tuned in. And as he tuned in, he could hear God. And the enemy hates that. And then he had this vision, and he, a man of vision, and he was able to impart that vision of victory in the obstacles. So as the team come up, I'm going to close off in prayer now, and maybe I'll hand over for a final song. And in that song, as we sing and worship, our songs aren't here for just Christian karaoke. We believe in, in, in actually like... We believe that God, God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, God is here and he loves it when we praise him. And I just however you want to worship, Kalamunda is a place of freedom. Uh, we had our first intern day on Friday. We've got three interns this year. Pra- praise God, yeah. And um, we're going to be introducing them to you next Sunday, our interns. And we're going to be graduating our two interns, Abby and Caden, from last year. In fact, looking forward to that. Um, but we're talking about freedom. If we weren't, it was another conversation in terms, but I'm pretty sure we were. And about how we want to be a church where, where there's not, it's not judgmental. You don't walk in and people look at you and go, oh, what? you know, but you're just free. And in our time of worship, we just want you to be free to hear from God. God speaks in many ways, and one way is obviously through His Word, through preachers, through people. And often in worship, you just hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. And during this time now, I just want to pray that God would start to birth vision in our lives. Start to have that conceptual stage where for some of you, I really believe here this morning, for some of you, it's just 
a reigniting of hope for the future. It's been, maybe it's been a, a long year last year and getting into a new year and there's been some challenges and you just need that reigniting that, you know what, God hasn't forgotten about me. God has a vision for my life. For maybe some of us here this morning, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. We've been seeing a few salvations over this last month, and I really would encourage everyone who has given their heart to Jesus to come along to the Alpha program in a few weeks. Lise will be running. I'll be there as well. We're going to be there, and I just would love us to come and grow and see your faith flourish. Would you stand with me as I close in prayer? I didn't tell you what the, uh, the letter N was, but you're reading it. Just to never give up. Just to never give up. Oh, Father, we just love you this morning. I just thank you for every person in this place. Holy Spirit, minister. Minister as you have been ministering. Continue. Touch hearts and lives. Father, I pray that you would birth fresh, new vision into our lives. Just while every head is bowed and eyes closed, just in a moment of prayer, I'm going to open my eyes. And if you're here and you'd say, Brad, I've actually never given my heart to Jesus. I'm actually, no, I'm not forgiven. I'm actually living with the guilt and shame of my sin. And I want forgiveness today. I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment where you can receive Jesus. And if you've never done that, I'd love to know who I'm praying for. And we'd love to give you a Bible. I'm not going to ask you to come down the front. I'm not here to embarrass you, but I'm here to pray with you, here to stand with you. And you can pray right where you are. But if that's you, you've never done that. You've never said yes to Jesus. Will you raise your hand till I see it and then put it down? If I could just acknowledge you, any person at all. Yep, see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Uh, yep, see that hand there. And I'll see it and then I'll acknowledge it. Sorry if I haven't seen it. Can you keep it up? Yep, see that one in the middle. Thank you, lady. Yep, man. Just looking, anybody else at all? With the few people that have said yes. Cool, just looking across once more. Not a pressure thing, just because this is your moment with you and God. I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you've raised your hand, we're all going to pray it with you. And the prayer is not magic. It's simply just trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. So would everybody pray this prayer out loud with me? And if you've raised your hand saying it for the first time, you're verbalizing your trust in Jesus. Say, dear Lord, I come to you this morning and I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need your mercy. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I believe in you and that you rose from the dead. And I give you my life this morning. Come and fill me. Give me a vision for my future. And thank you that you've forgiven all my past. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just want to pray a blessing over the people that raised their hand, Father, for a new beginning, a fresh start. Father, that they would know your love and smile upon their life this morning. And Father, I want to pray for all of us here as a church, Lord, as a place where people come to know you would be a place to nurture and grow people. Lord, that it's not up to just preachers or pastors, but as a church family here, as we come to this family, that we would encourage one another, build one another up and minister to one another.
Father, we thank you for salvation. And we just want to give a great round of applause and thank you for salvation this morning. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is doing great things. Great things. And God's got that vision. I pray it's stirring on the inside of your heart. If you need prayer this morning for anything, um, I'm going to be down the front and there'll be other leaders to come along to the sides. If you see somebody and you're an elder or a leader and they're not being prayed for, please go straight away and pray to them. Prayer is our priority. And then after the song, uh, Nikki's going to dismiss us for coffee.